Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Good morning. Good morning, church. Shake your neighbor. Shake your neighbor. Say, wake up. Welcome to church. 2016, don't worry, I had lots of coffee this morning, Marissa, so I will be very excited as I'm up here talking to you this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you and share God's word this morning. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, you can hold your place there, and I'm going to talk about a couple of things. We are in a series, just begun a series today called Dare to Believe, Dare to Believe, where we will join with hundreds of other Every nation churches all over the world where they're going to spend a week fasting and praying. And it's really our desire and our hope as a church that we would begin to give God the first week of every year. So we did this last year. It was amazing. We did these conference calls. And so if you have these notebooks, if you would pull these out real quickly with me, these, these notebooks, these journals, these devotionals, whatever you want to call them, Pull this out with me real quickly, and this is just your guide to fasting. So the first couple pages is how to fast, what is fasting, how to prepare for a fast. And just to let you know, we will actually start this tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Everybody say tomorrow. Great. Tomorrow morning is when we'll start this. We wanted to give you enough time to get ready for this fast. And so, so now you can go to the grocery store, forget everything that you just bought in the pantry, forget all those cookies and your New Year's resolution of more sugar. Just throw that out the window and, and read this booklet and um, do the fast according to what God wants for you and your family. There are all sorts of fasts. There are food fast, there's social media fast. How many of you know social media is captivating, right? It gets a lot of our attention, so there's all sorts of fast. Sorry, college students, you can't fast from school. I don't think your parents would approve of that, but um, choose something wisely, pray about it. And then also, every morning at 6 a.m., everybody say 6 a.m., 6 a.m., we're going to do a prayer call, a prayer call. Here's the number of the prayer call. If you have your booklet, you can write it down, or you can use your phone, write down that phone number and that access code. And at 6 a.m., so Monday morning, tomorrow morning, from 6 to 6.20, we will be praying together. Now, I know there's a lot of prayer warriors out there in the audience today, right? A lot of prayer warriors at Luminous Church who are frowning upon 20 minutes. Oh, that's it? That's what we're going to pray in some church this is? They're not very spiritual. They can't go that long. Well, I realize that if you haven't prayed in a while and, and it takes a little bit of endurance, we're going to add 10 minutes every day until Friday where we're going to pray an hour together. Right, Tyler? Awesome. Tyler will be leading most of those. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun praying together. So join that prayer call. There'll be designated prayer. You could read a scripture. You could just chime in. We popcorn it every year and let different people just chime in, pray for each other. If you're going to work, maybe you commute during that time. Just put your phone on mute to call in and listen and, and come in agreement. But make sure you use a Bluetooth device, right? So let's be law-abiding citizens. Hey, Awesome. Well, it's so fun to do this every year. It's fun to do this. Literally, there will be over 100,000 people in our family of churches doing this together. 
um, this week. That's pretty phenomenal. How many of you know that prayer is powerful? And when you come together in corporate prayer and people come together with like-minded faith, things begin to happen. And that's what I really believe is probably the topic of today <laughs> is that things are going to happen. We're going to dare to believe. So Mark chapter 9, verse 20 through 29, it says this. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out, Jesus? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, I just pray in the next few minutes, Lord, as we begin to study your scripture, I pray that you would highlight the things that we need for our life this week. And God, we just thank you that you speak so clearly. And so we thank you for this time. And I just pray that no one would leave this place empty today. God, that they would be full of your spirit and full of encouragement, in Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite games as I was a kid was, was Double Dare, right? Where you would find somebody and you would double dare them to do something. How many of you ever like double dared somebody to do something? It was so fun. When, when you grow up with a bunch of boys, a bunch of brothers, you just dare each other to do all sorts of random things. And, and daring is so fun. I remember in 2004, 2004, I was at a youth camp, and this youth camp had 250 kids. It was amazing. And then there were 50 adults who acted like kids all week because they're away from responsibility, right? I mean, you know, responsibility is the only thing that grounds you to maturity. And so here we find these kids and these adult kids all together yelling at each other, and we break them up in teams. And there's 20 on this team, 20 on that team, and there's all these teams, over 20 teams, and everybody's, or maybe only 10 teams, I don't know, 12 teams. Let's go 12. 12 teams, and they're all chanting at each other. They're all encouraging each other. They're all they're all daring each other to do random things because there is a ref. And the, and the ref began to look at all the teams, and he would give away spirit awards. And that's one way to hype kids up all week is to just give them random points that don't make sense. And so they would give 10,000 points to this team for making a pyramid, 50,000 points to this team for doing front flips. You know, all sorts of points were going out for spirit awards. There were spirit fingers. There was chants. There was, there was team names happening. I remember we were the karate chopping, double-stuffed Oreo-eating nuns, which, I'm sorry, I don't know why, but that's who we were, and it was awesome, and we would sit, stand around and do chants like, oh, oh, Rio, oh, oh, Rio, 
oh, oh, Rio. Come on now. Oh, oh, Rio. Man, we would not win the Spirit Award, Luminous. We are, we are spiritless. Spiritless. Anyway, we would give away all these awards, and there was this team, and they were like the lizard something, lizard, lizard something, and I don't know what they were, but they found a mascot, and that's how they picked their name. They found this little lizard, and they carried it around with them, and then the rec leader got real excited and said, oh, that's awesome. You get 10,000 points, and everybody's screaming, and there was 250, 300 people in there screaming, and then the ref goes, I'll give you 1 million points if you eat it, and everybody's like, and they were like, yeah, eat it, eat it. And then it was crazy because PETA wasn't there, and that was awesome, and hopefully they're not here this morning. And so this was happening, and we were all chanting, eat the lizard, eat the lizard. And he was like, I'm not eating it for a million points. And then he goes, I double dog dare you, and I'll give you 10 million points. 10 million points, that's like, in camp money, that's like winning the lottery. It's crazy. And so, I don't know, man. It was just crazy what was happening. It was kind of cultish and weird and all this stuff. And, and this guy began to swallow this lizard whole and ate this lizard. It was the most disgusting, gross, sad, pathetic thing. Little girls, seventh grade girls were crying. It was, it was just bad. Parents were coming to pick them up from camp. It was the camp that got, went wrong. This guy thought he was going to die all week because he ate a lizard. Did an x-ray. It's like skeleton in it. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but it was crazy. Double dog dare you. Right? If, if you get enough people around and you start chanting, somebody will end up doing things good or bad. Correct? And it's really why we're gathered here at Luminous Church. We're gathered here to glorify God, but we're also gathered here to chant and encourage one another to pursue God with all of our heart. And this week and this year, we're asking God that we would dare each other to believe God for the impossible in your life. And that we would, when we see you walk in the doors of Luminous Church, we would say, man, I hope that you're having a great week. I hope that your week is awesome. Hey, man, this fast, I know it's hard, but you can do it. You can do it. I believe that you can do it. And tomorrow morning, that's what it's going to feel like. Tomorrow morning, when all of us are on the phone, whether it's just me and Austin and Tyler or a lot more people join us, all we are doing is encouraging each other to pursue God, to pursue God. And guess what, church? We need it. We need it. Every week, I need you. And every week, believe it or not, you need me. We need each other. God put us into community for this one thing, to encourage each other so that we would move from strength to strength, glory to glory. And it's what I'm believing God for in 2016. And I'm so excited that there are tens of thousands of people daring to believe God with me and with you. I'm believing that for you in your life. I'm believing that what you write down in here, what you write down in here, what you're believing God for this year, as you write it down, as you proclaim it, as you stand with it, I'm going to ask and believe that that's going to come to fruition in your life. Let's pick up Mark 9, verse 22. And it says this. We're going to just go line by line. And it has often cast him into fire 
and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. This is crazy opposition, isn't it? I mean, this kid, this boy has crazy opposition. He's being thrown down and being debilitated, can't even move. It's throwing him in the fire, and it's throwing him in the water. And there's a huge struggle happening in this boy's life. In this boy's life. In some ways, we can relate, right? Because we all deal with struggles, don't we? We've all had struggles, and there's manageable struggles that you and I have, right? The manageable struggles, the ones that we keep internally that nobody knows about, the ones that we still do go throughout our day, still go throughout our life, but no one knows the struggle that I'm dealing with. And then there are manifested struggles, manifested struggles in your life where people begin to see the struggle all around you. Did you know that most struggles don't only affect you, they affect the ones around you? They affect the ones that love you, they affect the ones that you're doing life with. These struggles, many people can see on you. These manifested struggles see how you are pinned down. And we have often asked in our struggle, Jesus, can you do anything about this? Can you do anything have compassion on us. This boy is struggling and his father is struggling and his friends are struggling watching him struggle. And I think that's the same with us when we have struggles. When I was 12 years old, I had a huge struggle in my life. I was 12 years old and I could not cope in people groups very well. In fact, when I, you put me in front of a people group of two or more, I would have a panic attack and I would run out of the room and I would be scared. This would freak me out. I would freak out and I would shudder and I would run away and I would lock myself in the car and I would say, I'm not coming out, right? This is a struggle that I had. I was 12 years old and I was diagnosed with depression. This struggle of coping with people and anxiety brought about depression as often struggles do. Struggle also begins to put on you different symptoms. And so at 12 years old, I was depressed, and my parents and my brothers were wondering, what in the world do we do with this guy? What do we do with this guy? Because he would throw himself on the floor, he would throw fits, he would yell, he would scream, he would run away. We had no idea what this 12-year-old was going to do. There was a real struggle in our household. And although this struggle was internally affecting me, it was outwardly affecting them. And that's what happens in struggles is that it begins to affect the people that you love so much around you. And it wasn't just me crying out for help, but it was much like this father. Jesus, help us. Help us. Not just help the boy, but help us because it affects me. And I think with struggles, that's oftentimes how it happens. And the question is, is the father asked if you can help us. You see, because your nine disciples that just tried to heal him and tried to help us was, were incapable of doing so. And so, Jesus, either, either you don't have the power to do it or you didn't train these guys right. I'm not sure what's going on. And if they couldn't do it, can you really do it? Isn't that what often happens in our lives is that as we pursue Jesus at Luminous Church, 
And we all have struggles in this room because we're imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God. As we have struggles in this room and people see us fall, they wonder, hey, is Jesus really capable of saving and changing me because he hasn't really changed you that much? Right? Isn't that what often happens in the church? It's, we hear the word oftentimes say, it's full of hypocrites. I'm not going to church because it's full of hypocrites. It's people who say one thing and do another. It's people who, who dare to believe God for the impossible, but can't even manage their own affairs in their house. I don't know if I can be a part of that. And I love Jesus' response. In verse 23, and he answers his distress. If you can, if you can, all things are possible to those who believe. Jesus had a belief. He had a belief, and I believe that he had a belief because he was affirmed by his father. In fact, if you just read a couple of verses ahead, just moments ago, he was on the Mount of Transfiguration with three of his disciples. And there his father says what? This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. This is the one I'm a love. This is the one who I sent. He is amazing. I love him so much. And not only am I telling you that, but I'm also telling him that. I'm affirming him. Affirmation always brings confirmation to who God created you to be. It always does. And that's why some of us in our struggles really just need some affirmation. We really just need to get in front of the Father and say, God, I need to be affirmed today. And when you affirm me, it confirms all that you put in me, my identity and who you really say I am. It's amazing about Jesus is he uses this God language that we so observe. He says, nothing is impossible. Nothing. All things. He uses absolute language, doesn't he? How many of you dare to use absolute language in this room? Like, I do not use the word always or never because my wife will be the first one to tell me that's not true. And not many religions use this language either. You see, their gods have limits. Our God is without limitations. Nothing is impossible for him. Verse 24, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe Jesus. I, I believe, I believe it can happen, but I probably quite honestly don't believe enough. If I, if I were to be honest, I've seen it fail over and over again, and I've even seen it fail with your disciples. I, I believe, I want to believe. How many of us want to believe for our friends' breakthrough, our coworkers' breakthrough, our family's breakthrough, and possibly even our own breakthrough? We constantly want to believe for it. How many of you know that if we were honest with ourselves? We just don't have enough belief. Our belief runs out and it runs short. Therefore, our dependence has to lie on something else. I was at youth ministry the other night hanging out with my boy Ross. Ross just got his driver's license. Yeah, it was awesome. I love it. If you don't know Ross, you need to meet Ross. He's an amazing 
Amazing 16-year-old man. And, man, I'm so thankful for him. Ross was going and tooting his horn. He goes, I just got my driver's license. Pastor Ben, Pastor Ben, Pastor Ben, tag me in, tag me in. I just got my driver's license. Let me tell everybody about it. So awesome, right? And he's pumped, and everybody's pumped around him. And then Ross decided on a Wednesday night to back talk his dad. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. I was like, ooh, this is, this is a parent observation moment. Let me see how to handle this. And his dad goes, what good is driver's license without car? <laughs> and I go, oh, man, that's good. That's good. You know, sometimes as, as believers and as Christians, as doing this walk, as doing this life, we're all independent. And we're running around with our driver's license and we're so excited. But what good is it without Jesus? What good is it without Jesus if we don't have Jesus? And we miss it. Our dependence is a huge aspect to our healing and breakthrough. Where is your dependence today? What are you depending on? Verse 25, and when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that, the most, that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Jesus silences the accuser. He breaks the chain, and he frees this young boy. The Greek word krateo means that he took him. The word took, krateo, took, is an amazing word because it means possess. It means possess. And when Jesus reached down and took that boy, that boy was once possessed by a demon, but now he was being possessed by his king and his savior and the love of his life. Jesus took him, possessed him, and took that boy up, and he was restored to life, and he came to life. Belief silenced the thief and brought relief for the boy. The disciples asked this question, how do we move him from possession of struggle to possession of freedom? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And you'll read in some manuscripts, fasting. That's because oftentimes the early church, when they prayed, they fasted. It was went hand in hand. Prayer and fasting does a couple of things, and I believe that it's going to do a couple of things for us, church. One, I think it's going to put our dependence on God. So we've had our dependence on social media, dependence on food, dependence on all these other things. I believe that fasting is going to bring a dependence on God in your life that you so desperately need for the breakthrough that Jesus has for you. I believe that. Prayer and fasting does three things. It triggers belief. It silences the thief, and it brings relief. Help our unbelief. It brings relief. When you begin to fast, it puts a faith in you. It begins to establish you in a belief system that is only dependent on God. It's a belief that you couldn't conjure up, but one that he gives to you. It silences the thief, and I'm so thankful for this. 
The fasting silences the thief. That there's so many things that God has talked to you about, right? There's so many things that he's promised you. There's so many things that he's said. And whenever you hear the voice of you can't or you won't, it's most often time the enemy. And what fasting does, it begins to silence that voice. When you hear the words, you won't ever be free. You can't overcome that. You won't ever pass this class, this test, this moment in life. You can't. When you begin to fast, you begin to hear God's voice and godly affirmation. And it begins to shut up the enemy and begins to move in your life. And as Ashley and Tyler come and help me close out this morning, lastly, it begins to bring relief. We see this in the boy. But the boy, it brought belief for his family to believe for him. It brought it silenced the enemy, and then it brought, brought relief. And when a struggle overcomes, when you begin to overcome a struggle, there's relief in sight. What I'm amazed about is my family, when I was 12, stood by me. They prayed for me. They fought with me. My struggle was their struggle, and they began to believe for me in so many ways. And as they did that, it was four years later that I was no longer diagnosed as depressed. And it was an amazing moment in my life. I remember being 16 years old, stepping onto the high school campus, wondering if this fear of people and this, these panic attacks and all this would overcome me. I was wondering if it would. But I know that my dependence now was not on me, but it was on Jesus. I remember confessing scripture and praying and believing and walking in freedom. When you're truly free of a struggle, when you're truly free of the thing that holds you down, whether it's internal or it's outward, when you're truly free, there's a relief that you'll never know. I believe that's why Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Because isn't peace relief? When you can walk in the circumstance of the storm, walk in the trials of 2016, and you begin to have peace in those situations, you'll be relieved of everything that's coming against you. Church, if you would stand with me this morning. In 2016, I'm daring to believe God. I'm daring to believe God. I'm believing God for all sorts of things this year. We're believing God for an increase in our family, a healthy baby girl. We're believing God for opportunities to share the gospel every day. We're believing God for a great sense of community in our house with the group that meets there once a week and we do life together and we love one another and we'd cry with each other and we'd be joyful with one another. So many things I believe that I'm believing for and I believe that God is gonna reveal more of those things this week to me and you. So please, please, you don't have to make a 6 a.m. prayer call. But please do this devotional this week. There's five days in here. 
Let's do it. Would our dependence be on Jesus? I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing a song that brings our perspective to where it needs to be. And then we'll be dismissed. Jesus, we love you. God, our dependence is on you. Jesus, our dependence is on you. Jesus, if 2016 were to bring anything to us, would it be Jesus illuminated more in and out of our lives? Jesus, show up. We love you. Amen. Let's sing this. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.